0: Yeah, it's a. This is Generation Justice, broadcasting from the University of New Mexico, 89.9 KUNM and KUNM.org. I'm your host, Paulie Dineclaw.
1: And I'm your other host, Derek Toledo. Generation Justice is a multimedia project that trains youth to create media that inspires social change.
0: And tonight, we have an exciting show for you. We're dedicating the whole hour to the honoring of Indigenous people.
1: My co-host, Polly, will be interviewing Billy Mills, who won the 10,000-meter race at the Tokyo Olympics in 1964. And they'll be talking about the importance of chasing our dreams, setting goals, and conquering self-defeat.
2: I was told by my father when I was a child that I had broken dreams. And it's the pursuit of a dream that heals broken souls.
0: We'll also be hearing from people who attended the 2014 Gathering of Nations Powwow. They will be discussing their Native American heritage, and overcoming stereotypes.
3: It takes a lot of courage, you know, taking down uh, stereotypes and all these racial things that are going on, because it's it's out there, man, you know. Racism is, is alive and well in America.
1: All this and some awesome music as well. Here is Pilar, the DJ for tonight's show, to introduce the first song.
4: Our first song tonight is about letting go and just being happy. This song is so important because there's a lot of darkness in the world, but there's also a lot of beauty. So why not focus on that? This song is called Silhouettes by Colony House.
0: Billy Mills, a member of the Oglala Lakota Nation, grew up on Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. Billy lived in poverty, and at the age of 12, he was orphaned.
1: Billy started running to channel his energy towards something positive. He set many records as a track star during his high school years and went on to earn a scholarship to the University of Kansas.
0: During the 1964 Olympics held in Tokyo, Japan, Billy shocked the world in a comeback win for the Olympic gold medal in the 10,000 meter race. He set a world record at 28 minutes, 24.4 seconds. He's still the only American to ever win a gold medal in the 10,000 meter race.
1: In Lakota culture, someone who is successful gives back to his family and friends for their support. So Billy founded Running Strong for American Indian Youth and travels 300 days every year to speak to Native American communities.
0: He also has a Dream Starter program, which is going to award 50 $10,000 grants to Indigenous youth across the country over the next five years, so they can pursue their dreams.
1: Now here's Generation Justice intern, and my co-host Polly Pauly with Olympic gold medalist Billy Mills.
0: Why did you decide to start the Dream Starter program?
2: As I've traveled uh, throughout uh, Native American communities, we're able to find some of our young people that are extremely bright, our top elite Native American minds. They can compete against the best in in America. Uh, They compete against the best in the world. But also, a good percentage of them are living in at-risk conditions. And to what extent that mind is given a tremendous opportunity to develop, to to make a difference in the world, Uh, I would say could potentially be in an at risk situation. And then many of our young people, when we look at industrialized countries of the world, they say, what, we're like 32nd in the nation, in the world, the United States, in math. The United States is 26th or so among industrialized countries overall in education, are the ranking. And although we have some of our young Native American children that can compete against the top in the world, the vast majority were ranked at the bottom. And it has nothing to do with intellect. Uh, over the years, I, I've seen what has developed as we made a transition, in a sense, uh, I was born 70 years after we left hunting and gathering, so as we made a transition from hunting and gathering into a new society to keep the culture, tradition, spirituality alive, many had to go underground, and we disconnected from a dominant society. I was among the first from my reservation, the bottom of the first wave, to start to connect with society, taking culture, tradition, spirituality, starting to connect with society. And in that era, society generally rejected those of us that were making an attempt to connect, and those that were still disconnected to save the culture, to the tradition, the spirituality, were, were rejecting us. And then we found ourselves kind of in, in, in a non-existing world, uh, not belonging in either. Uh, many of our young people that started doing that, uh, in a sense, broke. And I think what has been created over a period of years is a poverty of dreams. A poverty of dreams has been created. And and I've always wanted to, in some way, to address that poverty of dreams. And the way I was able to address it in my own little world was taking the culture, tradition, spirituality, transferring out of the culture, tradition, and spirituality the virtues and the values that empower empower the culture, the tradition, the spirituality, and transfer those virtues and values into current-day educational pursuits, uh, into dreams, for example. Uh, I was told by my father when I was a child that I had broken dreams, and it's the pursuit of a dream that heals broken souls. So our seventh generation in some of our communities is being born. Uh, The seventh generation for most of our communities is the generation that's Could be born today, starting for example, and some of our seventh generation people are gang members. Some have this tremendous mind, but but they're they're lost in the poverty of dreams. So I'm always saying that our seventh generation, the generation that is to heal us, it's not a guarantee. The prophecies, they're a choice, and we all have to participate in that choice for our young people, and. because of that, my Running Strong program and I, the Board of Directors, everybody involved, wanted to do our little part on the 50th anniversary of me winning the gold medal to create 50 grants, $10,000 grants, 50 grants to be awarded over the next five years in Native American communities, uh, urban areas likewise, where a young Native American person goes to the leadership, for example, and has an idea that could help avoid poverty of dreams, that could help inspire our young people to, to take the culture, the tradition, the spirituality, and transfer those virtues and values that empower that into a current-day educational pursuit. And that's where we're going to find our warriors of the 21st century. And the battles we face will not be fought out on the plains, for example, of the Dakotas, but they're going to be fought with our mind, with our intellect, and in the courts of America, to help make America better, to help have this country respond to the treaty rights, for example, that uh, so many times are overlooked, the treaty obligations, the rights, the law of the land. So our little effort to begin with on the 50th anniversary of me winning the gold medal is to start the, the Dream Seekers, the Dream Makers program.
0: Thank you for that responsibility. It was really beautiful. Thank you you know, a lot of our youth across Indian country are dealing with suicide, you know, substance abuse problems, and as of lately, you know, school shootings. So what is your one message, or what is the message you would like to send out to Indigenous youth across the nation who are dealing with these issues?
2: I would I would send out to them that, number one, that they are not alone. They're not alone. And... There's places they can go, and we're working. My Running Strong program, again, is, is hoping to help find ways in which we can fund some, some programs that could help address uh, suicide prevention, crisis intervention, uh, bringing our young people together to talk. And I, I do know from my own experiences, my junior year in college, I broke. Uh, I felt rejected by our traditional people. I felt rejected by mainstream society, uh, not able to speak the language. I broke. I came so close to suicide, and I want to show the young people why I didn't. My dad, who died when I was 12, and I was the junior in college, I didn't hear through my ears. I heard energy, movement underneath my skin that basically said, don't. And the last time was the loving, commanding, gentle don't. I got off the chair. My dad told me I needed a dream to heal a broken soul. And I started searching for a dream. I wrote down gold medal 10,000 meter run that the creator has given me the ability. The rest is up to me. And I had no idea 50 years later I'd be the only person from... At the Olympic Games, it would be considered by Runners, Running Times Magazine, the greatest distance race on the track in the history of the 20th century, or run, Runners World Magazine, the second greatest Olympic moment, uh, a, a gentleman who wrote a book called The 100 Greatest Track and Field Battles of the 20th Century. And uh, Clark Camudie and I, our 10,000-meter race was chosen, the greatest battle, South Dakota's athlete of the 20th century. <laughs> all, all of those are only good for the ego. I I had no idea that recognition would be given to me. But all I knew, it took a dream to heal a broken soul. So I wrote down a dream, a gold medal, 10,000-meter run, coming off the final curve, things going through my mind, 100 100 meters to go, 80 meters to go, and one of the most powerful was, I'm going to win, but I may not get to the finish line first not realizing I was doing two races. The major race, I was gonna heal a broken soul. That was, I'm gonna win. I may not get to the finish line first. It was the second race. I'm still gonna to try to win a gold medal at the Olympic Games. I won, but what won the gold medal for me, what helped me heal a broken soul, was taking our culture, our tradition, our spirituality, extracting out the virtues and the values that empower culture, tradition, and spirituality, and transferring those virtues and values into current-day pursuits, positive, constructive pursuits. Our virtues and values challenged me to be a better man. Our virtues and values humbled me to honor myself, so I could honor my tribal nation. In honoring my tribal nation, I was challenged to honor the United States of America, not an enemy, but a country I belonged to, a citizen of the Lakota tribal nation, a citizen of the United States of America, and do my part to to, to make America and the world a better place. So basically I'm trying to say suicide is a choice. And we have choices on how to counteract our efforts to commit suicide. But we have to realize we're not alone. We have to reach out and find that support system before it's too late. And I have to be very delicate in saying this, and I say it only because I contemplated suicide. We need to be careful that we don't glorify our young people that we lose to suicide. We have to honor our people who have lost that battle. It's not a victory. It's a lost battle. We can honor them we don't glorify them. And we have to constantly get into the minds of our young people that, that there are choices. That the medical profession has said it takes any, any society that faced just devastating trauma, takes six generations to heal. Our elders said seven generations ago, <clears throat> That is our seventh generation that's gonna heal us. That seventh generation is being born we just have to constantly remind one another, we're in this together, and suicide's a choice. Just like the prophecies of the seventh generation is a choice. And we've got to make the right choices that honor ourselves, honor our tribal nations, honor the United States of America, and make the world a better place to live. I'm so blessed that I have people there that empowered me to make the right choice and to choose to live. And it's not always the easiest choice, but it's the most sacred choice. And I just, I just pray that our young people see that incredible sacredness within them. And they, in turn, start honoring themselves to help their tribal nations be better. Our young men, we, we've been given many, many opportunities to heal. And we have to take advantage of that healing opportunity. That opportunity is provided by our women. Our women have stepped up when we were broken and took leadership roles quietly, not even being noticed in the community. They were the leaders. And we have to start respecting our women. Our women are sacred. And together, we have to heal the broken soul and find our places, seek the horizon of our future.
0: Thank you so much, Billy. And as we close up the interview, is there anything else you'd like to say?
2: I'll share one other thing. I, I was honored by, by an elder recently. And he gave, me a, he, he gave me a name. And he has no idea how naming me, giving me a name which just went directly to the center of my soul. I've shared the name with with people. My name is he whose footsteps we can hear, but we cannot see him. So I want him to know. I've shared that with many people in the past three weeks. And the response I got was just, oh my gosh, overwhelmingly sacred. Some people would laugh and say, you were such a fast runner, Billy. (laughs) As a young man, they could hear your footsteps, but they cannot see you. Then a number of people said, the elder that named you probably felt also, as you get into your elder status, you cut back on your travel, that young ones will be able to hear your footsteps, but they'll not be able to see you. And it just reminded me that we're all, we're all in a race together, and all of our footsteps are being heard. There are those who have gone on before me off to the spirit world. I still hear the footsteps, but I don't see them. <laughs> and we all have to make our footsteps along a safe, just a safe, sacred journey for the young people coming up. It's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity that we can heal as nations and our young people can pursue their dreams. They can break up poverty of dreams, and they're our future. We all must help them prepare.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Billy. Um, I really appreciate it. And all your words and your whole... Um, This whole interview was very powerful, and, you know, as a young person hearing this, it's so, you know, it really is empowering, and I just want you to know that.
2: Thank you. Our paths will cross.
1: Yes, they have. That's a powerful interview, Polly. Billy Mills has so much knowledge and wisdom to share. I'm glad you were able to reach him so he could share with us. What I liked most was Billy telling a story of his race. The way he described coming around for his last lap and hearing a voice, I'm going to win. It almost felt like I was there with him watching him.
0: I believe that paths cross for a certain reason and that there are lessons to be learned from each of those crossings. And Billy reminded me that, you know, to always dream big, but to never forget where I come from and what I represent. Because... You know, our history as indigenous people is not, it's a horrible history. But now standing here um, as part of the seventh generation, being able to <clears throat> be in college and be able to further my tribe, you know, that's, that's why I believe our crowds pass. Now here's Pilar with some more solid music.
4: Our next song talks about the struggles and the hardships that Native Americans face every day. This song is about the artist feeling the sadness and of losing loved ones due to injustice. This song is called Fallen Soldier by Inez Jasper. <laughs>
1: The Gathering of Nations is one of the largest powwows in the country. Thousands of people from across the world come to Albuquerque to experience Native American culture.
0: Hundreds of tribes are represented during the powwow dancing competitions. There are also other events like the Miss Indian World Pageant and basketball and softball tournaments.
1: Generation Justice attended the event and talked to people from different tribal nations about the stereotypes they face on a daily basis. Here's what they had to say.
5: My name is Anton Edwards, i um, from Omaha, Nebraska, and come from the Omaha and Lakota Tribes.
6: My name is
7: Matthew Wood, uh, a.k.a. Creation, part of Chief Rocks, original roots, uh, from Canada, uh, Goodfish Lake, Alberta. Darren Thomas from Portland, Oregon.
3: Ernie Soce, the third. that's my IHS name. I am uh, Navajo, full-blooded, uh, from uh, Windrock, Rock, Arizona. So I, I was born and raised on an Albuquerque but I'm like a res dog, i moved all over, so. but i uh, right now currently in Wind Rock.
8: Hello, my name is Ria Thundercloud, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, I'm from the Ho-Chunk Nation of Wisconsin and San Diego Pueblo of New Mexico. Um, I'm 23 years old and I'm a professional dancer.
9: My name's Tammy Blue Wolf Kennedy, I'm Oneida, I'm Wolf Clan, oh. uh, I'm from Oneida, New York, uh, and I actually I work for Syracuse University. And one of the admissions counselors and the native liaison. So if you're interested in SU,
5: <laughs> a lot of times because I live in the city, Omaha, Nebraska. So you know, a lot of times I get stereotypes thrown at me like every day, all day. They find out I don't drink, and that's like a shock to everybody. They're like, "Well, you don't drink?" You know, everybody just assumes that me and my whole family is just some drunks. You know, just all, just everything. You know, everything you could think of. They think we're drunks. They think all we do is sit around and take government money. You know, they think we get everything for free. So every, I always got to explain all kinds of things. And you know, they think we're still living in teepees and stuff.
8: There was this one time I got asked to go on a trip to Florida, but I got cut from the trip. And I had no idea as to why I got cut from this performance. I was concerned, so I contacted the head, the head guy of the whole program. And he had told me that Native Americans have a bad reputation for controlling their alcohol. So that's the reason why I got cut from the show. Um, and I was supposed to be a soloist, and I was highly offended by that. And I made sure to tell him that, you know, like, I'm a professional dancer. That's what I do, and I know how to handle my profession.
6: There there has been the problem in Gallup where people are just starting to stereotype uh, men because they, they think that every single man that's walking on the street that they run across is automatically going to be drunk or something like that.
7: Oh, dang. I heard it all. So you name it. I've heard it. Uh, uh, do I live in a teepee, igloo, or do I wear, you know, my regalia on a regular basis?
8: I always get asked all the time if I live in a teepee.
7: Well, they, they ask me if
5: I'm, I'm hunting, hunting buffalo, living in teepees. Do I know what internet is? I was like, yeah, add me on Facebook. <laughs> you know, they, they think we're just still living in
3: the stone age. We travel a lot uh, to different places in, in America. One time I went to New York City, and every person I met they referred to me as Chief for some reason, you know, and, uh, and of course in the movies, you know, like, hey, Chief. So to me, it wasn't a good thing, even though he would, maybe the guy didn't realize it, but I was offended.
7: Well, when I first started high school at Nair ne- Early College Academy in Portland, Oregon, the, there was quite a few Mexicans that went there, Latinos, and they asked if I, uh, I joined the soccer team over there, and they asked if I'd do the rain dance to, like, grow my lawn
6: when they find out I'm Native American, they treat me with a, a sort of racism, and they, like, they say things like, um, Chrissy well, is the token Indian in our group because there's no one else around. And some people call me the squaw or the
9: redskin.
7: Back in sixth grade at Portsmouth Elementary School in Portland, Oregon, I had a Caucasian teacher ask me if she could cut my hair off.
9: My husband and I used to live in Santa Fe, and when we very first moved out there, um, he had really long hair. And we were, uh, we went to a restaurant and we sat down. And the woman came up to us and she was like, "Well, what would you ladies like?" And it was real obviously because he had on, you know, guy clothes and, you know, and I, and it was just, it was just the feeling and it was just the attitude that she had. If I don't wear a bun and gallop, they, they don't treat me with any respect.
6: Um, If I wear like too much makeup or if I dress a certain way. People really judge you based on what you look like. It's all about appearance in public. And
9: it's even worse when you're Native American because people judge you even more harshly. And that's just kind of the real subtle kind of racism that, that happens when all of these stereotypes just keep getting generated and perpetuated.
5: The positive coming out of these experiences, uh, I'd say that A lot of people got educated because, you know, when I start talking about it, then, like, a lot of people come around, they would be like, what, you know, that's for real, and they start listening, so, you know, there'll be a lot more than just that one person that's getting educated about it.
7: I have a little brother, he's 14 years old right now, and uh, I just give him advice about that, because he has long hair, too. Every time something happens to him where someone's pulling his hair, teasing him, or, like, calls him a girl, I just give him a lot of advice, like, uplift him and, make sure nothing nothing happens to them that's going to tear them down, because I went through all that.
9: Well, I tell people about it. Um, that's that's the one thing. Nobody wants to talk about racism, and nobody wants to talk about the stereotypes, and they keep thinking we're in post-racial America. No, we're not. Um, this stuff is just so kind of embedded in the very fabric of America. Like I said, people just aren't even aware that it's there.
3: It takes a lot of courage, you know, taking down uh, stereotypes and and all these uh, racial things that are going on because it's, it's out there, man. You know, uh, Racism is, is alive and well in America.
9: So the more that we talk about this, the more that we raise uh, awareness of these issues, the more people are going to begin uh, changing their own ideas and their own perceptions, uh, not just about Native American people, uh, but any ethnic group.
5: You know, I just, like, set them straight. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke. You know, I'm Native American.
7: So, you know, just break stereotypes all the time. Native Americans here have been here, they're thriving, they're successful. All the stereotypes you hear is not true. We're not We're not. out here to, to talk about those stereotypes. We're here to destroy them, you know, and, and, sh- and showcase with our art and our talents.
9: We're human beings, <laughs> you know, just like you guys. I mean, we happen to be indigenous people, um, and that's just one facet of who we are. Um, and that they have to know their history, which is not being taught in the schools. Um, it's, it's something that they have to actually go out and research themselves, go to Gathering of Nations, meet Native people, talk to Native people. Um, and that's the only way that they're really going to, to learn about other Indigenous peoples and about the, the issues that we face every day.
3: We're actually all diverse. Even though we're all Natives, we each have separate languages and separate traditions and beliefs. So I would want people to know that about us as American Indians, that we are We're all, we're different, but we're the same.
8: The main message to the youth is, you know, like, practice your language. You know, the language is dying out so fast, and um, learn as much as you can. Like, never stop learning who you are and where you come from, because everything is just getting washed away so fast, and we're losing all our traditions and our culture. So, I mean, just, like, practice, practice, practice. Never stop forgetting who you are and who your ancestors are, and, you know, Pray every day and just like follow your dreams, never give up.
3: You know, Indians were like 500 years, you know, we've been oppressed, we've been, uh, you know, we've been um, assimilated. I think the best way to beat that or get over that is to educate yourself and to get, you know, become a lawyer, man, become doctors. And I think that's the best way to, um, to really further ourselves is, to, is through education and getting that college degree, getting that master's degree, you know, that doctor's degree. I think more and more there's more um, Native Americans becoming doctors, PhDs, man. I think that's awesome. So education is power. Knowledge is power. I believe that.
7: We're all together in unity. doesn't matter what color you are, what, what race you come from, what religion you believe in. We're all here together and to create that circle.
5: My name is Anton Edwards, and I'm breaking stereotypes.
0: I'd like to thank everyone who talked with us about this important issue. I'd also like to thank GJ Youth Producer, Brittany Sosi for helping conduct these interviews.
1: Yeah, it was really good to hear from people who know firsthand what still goes on today. Thanks to everyone involved who gave the time to talk with our youth producers.
0: Producing this piece was amazing. I got to talk with other Natives about our experiences as Indigenous people and to create those connections between different tribes. Now we'll hand it back to Pilar with some more amazing music.
4: This next song talks about the importance of staying true to your roots wherever life takes you and to always remember your history. This song is called Aboriginal by Frank Walm.
10: Look at all the brown, look around at the whole thing. If your skin is brown, then you're down for the old pain. Look at all the brown, look around at the whole thing. If your skin is brown, then you're down for the old pain.
1: Now we have come to the community calendar part of the show. It's the time we share events happening around Albuquerque.
0: Here are our wonderful calendar hosts, Pilar Monfaletto and Zach Milliken.
4: Welcome to this week's exciting edition of Community Calendar. I'm your calendar host, Pilar Monfaletto.
10: And I'm your other calendar host, Zach Milliken.
4: We've got tons of events coming up this week. Let's get started.
10: We have the first annual Pueblo Film Festival this weekend. November 22nd and the 23rd.
4: That's right. Both days will start at around 10 a.m. and include screenings of feature films, shorts, and documentaries, plus workshops and lectures.
10: The festival showcases films made by Pueblo filmmakers, along with films with Pueblo themes and actors.
4: The festival will be at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center. For more information, check out IndianPueblo.org.
10: Another event going on later this week is on Thursday, November 20th, at Health Leadership High School. They're having educational classes about breast and cervical health.
4: I actually have bragging rights for this because my dad helped create that school.
10: Oh, that's awesome. Everyone is welcome to come learn about the warning signs of breast and cervical cancer or community resources to get a checkup.
4: You can bring your sister, your aunt, your grandmother, your mother, or any of your friends to join you. Refreshments will also be provided.
10: The event is from 5.30 to 7 p.m. this Thursday, and if you have any more questions, feel free to call Comadre a Comadre at 277-2398.
4: After that, you can stop by UNM to check out an event co-sponsored by the Students for Justice in Palestine, the UNM American Studies Program, and the Coalition to Stop the $30 Billion to Israel.
10: They're welcoming students Shafa Hamad and Dima Al-Safin from Birzit University in the occupied Palestinian West
4: Bank. They will be speaking about the realities of getting a college education while living under military occupation. You know, Zach, education is something that we all take for granted. There are people all around the world trying to get an education while living in oppressive situations.
10: I agree, Pilar. It will be held at 6.30 p.m. at Dane Smith Hall in room 123.
4: Hey, Zach, do you like poetry?
10: Of course I do. Who doesn't?
4: Well, there's going to be a poetry slam hosted by the Chicana Chicano Studies Student Organization, where anyone can go and slam.
10: Oh, yeah. I did hear about that. It sounds awesome. When is it?
4: Poet Night will be on November 21st. It will be at the Kiva Classroom on the UNM campus. It starts at 7 p.m.
10: For more information, contact the Chicana Chicano Studies student organization on Facebook.
4: Yo, 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 how's the show? I'm Pilar Mofoleto. Um,
10: what are you doing?
4: I'm just preparing myself for the Toy Drive slash music event at Warehouse 508.
10: That's dope. When is it?
4: The event is at Warehouse 508 on Saturday, November 29th at 6.30 p.m.
10: Aside from hearing the awesome music, you can bring a toy that will be donated to Joy Junction. For more info, contact Warehouse 508 at
4: 505-296-2738. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of the spectacular experience of Community Calendar. By the way, the music that you've been hearing is called Progress by Astronomics.
10: Until next time, I'm your calendar host, Zach Milliken.
4: And I'm your other calendar host, Pilar Monfaletto. The next song is about working hard and being strong. Life has a way of knocking us down sometimes, but it's important to get back up no matter what. This song is called Parachutes by Strange Fruit Project, featuring Thesis.
0: we have reached the end of our show tonight thank you everyone for joining us this evening
1: we would like to thank billy mills for talking with us about his life and his amazing dream starter program
0: we would also like to thank anton edwards diami thomas ernest sosi the third tammy blue wolf kennedy Rhea thundercloud christy hansen and matthew wood aka creation
1: special thanks to Brittany sosi and Polly danette Claw for conducting tonight's interviews
0: Thank you to Chantel Trujillo for producing tonight's show.
1: Thanks to Paula danette for editing. Production assistance came from George Luna Pena, Melissa Harris, and Roberta Royale.
0: Much appreciation to all of our youth media makers here at Generation Justice. We couldn't do what we do without
1: you. So stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all our past shows, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and much, much more. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe.
0: We're also active on social media, so please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Generation Justice is funded by the WK Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the McCune Foundation. And of course, all of you who have contributed to our projects by visiting our website, clicking donate. I'm your host, Derek Toledo.
0: And I'm your other host, Polly Dineclaw. Pilar will take us away with a few more songs, Following us on KUNM is Spoken Word.
1: See you next Sunday at seven o'clock.
4: Deuces! Tonight's closing music includes music about empowerment, overcoming injustice, and love. Here's Wood Carver by a tribe called Red. March into the Sun by Echo Smith. Make this leap by the Hunts and Love It All by the Kooks. I'm your music host, Pilar Montaletto and until next time, keep it jazzy.
6: Hey!
9: Hey! Hey!
6: Put the knife down, put the knife down, put the knife down.